Here we go. Episode number 55, Acme's podcast, No Laugh Track. This is Justin Severson. I'm the host, and uh, I'm happy to be here with, he's often known as the Bo Jackson of comedy. It's Nick Thune. You were supposed to be here last October? Is that right? Maybe. Here's the thing. I, oh, I think so, yeah, but I booked something. I had to be in uh, Chicago. What was it? Something big? It was a movie. It was a movie. I was there for a month shooting. What's the movie? It's this movie called Johnson. Um, and I actually play a penis. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. This guy. Um, <laughs> not that I'm judging you. No, no, no. You, it's, it's, it's not like uh, I was not in penis makeup at all. I just look like me. But it's about a guy that's a ladies man. And he um, obviously has a very strong libido. Right. Uh, kind of takes over and controls him and has ruined multiple relationships, family, friends, just by his desire to be with women constantly. And so one night after he's ruined yet another relationship in his life, he goes to bed and basically on his way to bed just says, I just wish that I didn't have this penis, you know? And then he wakes up and it's not there. And as he's realizing that it's his dick is missing, his phone rings and it's me and I'm like naked at a payphone, And I'm just like, hey man, um, you got to come get me. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, the whole movie is about, you know, getting me back. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> it's pretty fun it was produced by this guy that produced bill ryan who produced a lot of john hughes movies and um but it's an indie film and it's actually sold in europe already which is pretty cool but uh the guy that plays the guy that loses the penis is this guy named cam gigande who's like a, okay an actor who uh um was in like twilight the first twilight and okay the oc really really good looking guy he's like in an mma movie and oh wow yeah the kind of guy that you assume has a great dick yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Guys want to be him. Girls want to be with him. That guy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. Wow. Yeah. The penis. No, so I missed. That's how. I'm, that's why I missed my shows here. Unfortunately. So well, like on IMDb, what would it say that you played in that movie? Um, my name in it is RP. Stands for Rich's Penis. <laughs> <laughs> or Dick's Penis. It's just yeah. full of jokes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, there's <laughs> jokes throughout the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a drama. <laughs> really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it could be because when you said this guy loses his penis, my heart stopped. Uh, like yeah, a... no, it's going to be hard for some people to watch. <laughs> mm-hmm. do you, well, do you think it'll be in theaters here? Have you seen it? Uh, I have not seen it yet. In fact, I was just in Chicago. Um, you referenced Bo Jackson. I was just in Chicago performing, and I had I had, I had to broke my arm, actually, in Tampa uh, like eight weeks ago. I fractured my wrist and elbow in the same place mm-hmm. or, at the same time. And so I couldn't play guitar on stage for a while. And uh, I had to, like, I actually was having people play guitar on stage with me, like, kind of like having people follow me around, basically, with a guitar. <laughs> and it was really fun. And I, I actually learned a lot, like, stand-up-wise. It was, like, great to just, like, be out and do anything I wanted. And a lot of, I think, me on stage changed in that time. But I was in Chicago, and I had, like, just, I've been, I'm obsessed with Bo Jackson, like, my whole life. I've, he's, like, probably one of my favorite athletes besides Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. Um, and so I, <clears throat> and Daryl Strawberry, you know, there's a lot, Dwight, <laughs> anyways, but the, uh, I went as, when I was in Chicago, the producers were coming to my show and actually one of the producers, uh, kids was playing guitar for me on stage. He's 17. Wow. <laughs> and so, and he's way better than me than I'll ever be. But I had, uh, this idea, I was like, you know, I want to shoot it. Like I got to do something. I got to get something out of my arm being broken because it caused me to have to change the state of my special. Um, it took me out of a pilot that I was going to be in. Um, it definitely took a few things away from me. Ouch. And so I wanted to gain something out of it. So I decided to shoot like a a documentary of me um, 
the, the road back to the stage, yeah. back to playing guitar. Right. And a lot of it's based around Bo Jackson and how I get compared to him all the time because, you know, he played football and baseball and I uh, do guitar and tell jokes. Right. So, um, <laughs> like, that whole documentary was kind of based off that. And it's coming out next week, actually. It's called Disarmed. I watched the uh, teaser trailer, yeah, I guess yeah. you'd call it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very f- <laughs> Yeah, I just watched this morning, and I because I, yeah, like I said, I was at the show tonight. And you referenced it on stage, and I I was taking notes uh, from the audience last night, and that was I was as it, right before you got here. I was actually here. They are. I was looking at my notes, and I wrote something about uh, is that true? Well, then when I looked online this morning, like oh yeah, it's true. They're yeah. actually like he made a movie out of this. Yeah, well, I had I had to make something out of it. Yeah. How long is the actual movie that you? Um, the actual movie is. 13 minutes yeah <laughs> but, that's the, about long enough for yeah, that the preview's about one you know third of it yeah yes. no <laughs> I think it's a perfect length for online content yeah. and how again did you break your arm um, I was actually carrying a pizza walking on a cobblestone road and I tripped on a trolley track yeah it you ha- just never know when it's gonna happen it happens way you know? too often you never know when it's gonna happen yeah mm-hmm. how did you where did you find a trolley track well, it, I was performing at the Tampa Improv, and it's in this part of Tampa called Wybor City, which is like kind of a you know touristy kind of mm-hmm. place. And there is a trolley that runs through it, and it's a cobblestone road that the trolley's on. And on this road, there happens to be a curb um, in the middle of the road that is just so frustrating that it's even there. And what happened was, is I walked across the street, didn't even notice that I'd stepped over a curb. Oh, took yeah. a step. And now I'm like on between the trolley tracks. I'm like standing. I go, oh, I forgot. Um, I wanted to buy cigarettes back at that store. So I turn around and <laughs> in one fell swoop, tripped on the trolley track. My foot was like basically on top of it and caught on it. And then I would have been able to catch myself. But when I was trying to catch myself, I then hit the curb, tripped on the curb with my other foot. And so <laughs> went just directly down to the ground. Were you alone? Uh, no, I had an, my opening comedian with me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what was and his reaction? It. Are you, Nick, you joking? No, no yeah, no, he, we, we worried about the pizza, obviously. And uh, I said, I was like, you know, he's like, are you okay? And I was like, I honestly think I might have just broke my arm. And I stood up and he looked at it and he was like, no, you're fine. You'll, you're good. And so, you know, I trusted him with everything. Well, of course. And so we went from there back to his, the condo he was staying at and I ate three pieces of pizza pretty immediately. And then, uh, I think it was in some sort of shock. I was like, I'm tired. I'm just going to go home and sleep. Went back and just passed out in a lot of pain with not really realizing it. Yeah. And then woke up and just, I mean. I did something similar. when I, The one time I've broken my arm, mm-hmm. I uh, was in denial. Like, it's not broken. I mean, it hurts really bad. I could, you know, it was puffed up beyond oh, yeah. belief, hard as a rock. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, nah, it's fine. I was playing softball and fell backwards like a moron Ooh. and just tried to catch myself. Yeah, and uh, and and broke it and finished the game. I even took two more at bats. I didn't play the field anymore because I couldn't throw, but I just held the bat with one arm and just kind of like, you know, soft, really lightly held it with my top hand. And uh, went to the bar after the game, had tacos, had beer. Probably made you feel better. Yeah, well, of course. But the whole time you're like, this doesn't feel right. Oh no! And then when I was living at a, with a girlfriend at the time, and I drove back to you know to our place, and you know immediately she's like, "What are you? Are you an idiot?" You broke your fucking arm. Like, no, no, no. Are you kidding me? Yeah, so. And so she questioned you, you being an idiot. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, she was right, and we broke up, like, soon after that. <laughs> <laughs> but I did get to the ER that night. Oh, good. And I got a really cool uh, purple cast. Hmm. So, And actually, that was the year the Vikings went uh, 
15 and 1 and they almost made the Super Bowl and I had my purple cast for like a majority of the season. And maybe if you could, would have kept that on all season the Super Bowl might have happened. It's probably my fault. Mm-hmm. It's probably my fault. There's no doubt about oh, it. Don't beat yourself so, up. <laughs> so where will people see that uh uh, it's going to be on my YouTube page, okay. uh, but there's a new thing on YouTube called Jash, which is like this kind of new content online, like just a, a, like a section of YouTube that's mostly comedy. It's like Reggie Watts, Sarah Silverman, Tim and Eric, and Michael Sarah are like the main kind of faces of it. Yeah, I and looked then, at it briefly today. Yeah, and they're like distributing that and some other things, yeah, for me. Who puts the money into that today then? Or do- uh, there's, I don't know where it's coming from. There's a production company. Yeah. Yeah. So you didn't have to flip this thing yourself, so. Oh, I did, yeah. You did? Well, the thing is, is they have a deal. I mean, the business side of it, whatever. But they, you know, I just make all my own stuff. I don't, uh, if I wanted to, I would have had to go back to L.A. and they would have shot it that, you know. Oh, I, I just use the resources I have wherever yeah, yeah, I yeah. go. Perfect. Mm-hmm. We could start one right now, probably. Yeah, yeah. no, I, yeah. Could, I could make an easy, easy documentary this week. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, do you remember the first time you came to Minneapolis? Since we're here in Minneapolis at Acme. Mm-hmm. I do. I think this is actually my fourth time here. I'm not quite sure. Maybe it's the third. Um, I know we met a few years they all ago. Blur together, but I do remember having a great time. I love this club. It's one of the. I love this, the the low ceilings are one of my favorite things in a comedy club. Yeah, because it's just this when this room, you know, it just goes. Yeah. No, it's. Uh, I don't think anyone is. Who would ever say something bad about this place? They yeah. don't know comedy. No. Maybe Nobody. like. Well, probably Mark Maron or something. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that off here. He, have you, uh, yeah, he had a he had a trip to town a couple of years ago at a different club. Yeah, no, we played that same weekend actually. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay, so you yeah. so you are referencing the same thing I'm thinking of. I don't know. I didn't actually know that he had a history here. I just knew that he wasn't playing here, and it surprised me. Uh well, he has played here since then. Oh, okay. he's back. Yeah. He's okay. back at Acme. I would say, yeah, because it didn't seem like that would be the right club for him to play. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he's talked about it. He thought he had some rift with Lewis, the owner here, mm-hmm. which, of course, only uh, existed in Mark's mind. Well, yeah, that's, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah, really? <laughs> Surprised he didn't have him on the podcast to talk about it. <laughs> I've tried to get Lewis on this one. Oh, it's yeah? his own, you know, he owns the club. He's, this is his podcast. He, of course, won't do get it. Get him but. a glass of wine. He'll come out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you can work on that. The closest we've had is uh, uh, Cy Amundsen, uh, another comedian. He uh, he does a pretty good impression of Lewis. We oh, okay. had that on. People can go back and listen to that one. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure all the listeners know Lewis. <laughs> well, he, <laughs> at least, oh, they, they at least know he's the owner. Oh, he comes up quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it kind of goes hand in hand with talking about this place. Mm-hmm. Um, you were in that movie Extract. Yes. Yes. And... I thought this Correct. was really funny because <laughs> I was looking up on uh, the source of all facts on the internet, which is Wikipedia, mm-hmm. and I want your opinion on something. This guy says, uh, I'm, I'm sure you've seen this, it was a critic from the Washington Post, he called Extract the most disappointing American comedy of the decade. <laughs> Michael Phillips of the Chicago Tribune called it the funniest American comedy of the summer. Wow. Which one is it? Uh I mean, I'm not gonna. It's definitely not the most disappointing movie of a decade. <laughs> um, I, 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 I don't know. I guess I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. I thought the movie was great. Yeah. Uh, I lucked out in it. I mean, Mike Judge didn't even. I didn't have a role. I didn't audition for that role that I got, and then I just got that role. There were a lot of comedians in it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, my scene was actually, I think, 20 pages in, actually, and then they 
he told me that it worked so well that it worked as the perfect kind of opening scene so they moved it up front yeah very cool which i thought was really neat yeah huge names in that movie yeah 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 i mean kristen wig jason bateman david keckner um there's bigger names tj miller's in it tj miller i just saw him on tv the other night oh yeah he's got a sitcom or something oh maybe yeah yeah which one i don't know i think it's on fox i was at a casino on maybe, saturday night maybe he, saturday I think he was on a show but i don't think it's oh. going anymore he's on a new show he's on a, he's got an hbo show now Oh, maybe that's it. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's it. So well, that hasn't even been filmed yet. Oh, well, this was something I, I'm not sure. In any case, uh, so you, uh, we were talking before we started uh, recording here, you're going to be recording your special next yeah, week. next week, yeah. In Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what if, is that for? Like, where is that going to be? Are you putting that out? Is it a Comedy uh, Central? HBO? No, I'm doing it on my own. You're doing it on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah? yeah? How are people going to get that when it's... Uh, it depends on where it sells, actually. You know, that's the thing is you make it and then you start shopping it. Oh, you know? okay. And I've, I've, you know, I've got my ideal spots that I really would love it to be at, and some of them are shooting the moon. I mean, it's probably impossible, but, you know. Yeah. A movie? A theater? That would be great. I mean, I'm actually, it's, it's uh, what you saw last night is the structure of it, but it's going to be bigger because I have a whole thing planned for the ending, and I don't want to actually give it away. No, but no, like, yeah. It's like a pretty epic. I, I just decided I'm not. Ma- I don't want to make a stand-up special. I want to make a TV special because I just think I'm. I'm bored with stand-up specials mostly. Okay. Like unless it's like a classic and my favorite, and I don't for an hour. It's really tough to hold at least my attention. So that's why I mean you probably saw all the different elements of like, the, you know the letters and the, the jokes. It's like all kind of different stuff to kind of keep the interest. But at the end, I'm going to have just this kind of big thing. And I I mentioned to you that there's a surprise kind of person opening yeah. it. That's okay. going to be filmed like I'm, separately. Yeah, well, no, it, yeah, that'd be great. Release that as its own special. But like I'm I'm basically like just looking at f- making an hour of TV that's watchable and good, rather than just thinking, oh, I'm a traditional stand-up and I want it to just be jokes because I don't. I'm not in the Mark Maron world where I've got to be whatever he is holding on to is what stand-up is or what a lot of older people are, which is like the traditional sense of stand-up and just a guy in a mic. And I love that, like you know, like someone like Hannibal or people yeah. now that I really like to watch. If, if you can do that right, it is spot on. John yeah. Mulaney, people like that. Oh, like, he's great. And I love watching, but I don't, uh, at least not right now with the style that I'm doing, uh, I don't fall into that category. And I, I guess at some point I would maybe start to feel insecure about that for, for no reason, but because of people like Mark Marin, who are so judgmental in this like comedy police or whatever. And I finally decided like, I'm in my own, I'm like my own company. I'm making my own thing. Yeah. I don't care if it falls into what they think is this or that or, you know, and, and so like once I kind of got over that in my head, um, I just got so excited. Like this could be anything. Yeah. It really could be anything. This company that's paying for me to make this is just trusted me with, I'll call up and be like, you know what? I really want a Buffalo head. Like I'd like a Buffalo head to be like hanging off top of the stage. And they're like, all right. <laughs> then I get a call the next day. All right, well, we got three options. We're going to email you the Buffalo Heads. Wow. You know, like, it's just wow. like, you know, and I'm like, you know, I want, like, I have a friend that does, like, he's a, um, he's a wood, like a craftsman kind of a, a carpenter. Mm-hmm. And I, I had him kind of, like, drop this design. This and this producer there is like, I just want it to be, like, wood. I want there to be, like, planks of, like, two by fours that distressed, you know. And so the next day I get, like, a picture of this thing. And I'm like, you know, and I did, when I did Fallon, I loved the, 
curtain yeah. that they had. They don't even use. They use that curtain for the first year of Fallon. They don't use it anymore. Can we get that curtain? I was just going to ask. Did you go like really they obscure? Got, they got that. You're curtain. kidding? No. <laughs> Holy shit, man! <laughs> but I mean, I'm very specific about everything I do. Like wow. I, I'm a perfectionist, and which can be to a downfall. But I've been planning the special for a year. I yeah. mean, it's going to be you know, and I and it, and it's because I'm like. I don't know. It's that thing of like the second album, you know, the sophomore album, mm-hmm. um, whatever that John Lennon quote is of like, it takes you 23 years to write your first album and then the next one they want in two weeks. You know, right, it's right. like, and, you know, I taped my CD in 2009, put it out in 2010. And there is this mentality now that like you got to turn over material real quick. And, you know, like Louis C.K. is amazing at it. And some people are really, yeah. really great at it. And th- and like I guess when I was explaining it earlier, like it almost sounded like I was defending myself, like I'm defensive about oh, I don't want to, you know, the, I'm not a traditional thing. But I finally just let it go because I was defensive about it and yeah. scared about it yeah. and scared about like I need to build my material and and do this and that. And then I just realized like it's I'm in my own. There is no race. It's just like a marathon where there's no winner. Right. And everybody's just just do your own thing, go your own pace, and make it your way. Yeah. You know, and so. I think I even had a year in here where I didn't almost produce any new material. <laughs> I oh, mean, really? There, you know, there was not new material that stuck, or um, I was focused on other things, you know, because um, I'm trying to like. I just started a production company, and I, I produce a lot of short films, and I'm developing my own show right now, you know, and and so for me, it's like I'm just trying to get my nerdist. I, I get like whatever Chris Hardwick has, like. You know, like, and I and he's done such a great job of branding himself and marketing. Amazingly area. well, yeah. yeah. And I just want to be my own shop. Yeah, I want to make my own things. I'm not concerned about um, not getting parts. Do do, do do you need a title for it? Do you need a name like Nerdist? Like he has Nerdist that you just yeah. I don't know. It? I don't know if I'm gonna. I mean, I don't know if it's gonna be like a branded thing where it's like a website and it's like this. I just think it's just gonna be me. Yeah. And, and the stuff that I, because I have young talent that I want to produce stuff for. Yeah, I'm like to the place of like I want to like build these people because I've I've spotted, I would say 15 people before any eight and actually called up agents and managers and been like you have to see Ron Funches, you have to see Rory Scovel. Yeah, I got Rory signed to my agent. Like all these things because I I see this ta- I I and I know that other people do too, but because we're, I'm so lucky to be in this business and like see random shows and be a part of some you know show in LA it's like a Sunday night show and some kid's got his first shot and you're just like wow that kid is good you yeah. know or you know you see a video and it happens so much quicker now because of uh, YouTube and oh, all the that internet stuff. just in general but I want are to be able to make stuff for those people are you responsible for uh, the world having Andy Haynes no no he's from <laughs> he is from my area though he's yeah. from Seattle we just did a gig together and I, oh by the way I don't want it to sound like I found Rory Scovel or, or Ron but I happened to see them before anyone else did and the second that I watched them on, you know, before like industry did, yeah, yeah, and and thought they are going to be huge. Oh, for sure. You know, there's this girl Kate Berlant right now that I saw in New York like do some random show, and now I'm putting her in everything that I make because it's just like once you find these, you just want to like. I love watching them do their thing. Now, you started your first kind of jobs in the uh, in the industry. Let's say you were. What, I don't, uh, do I have this right? You did some like production or something? Yeah. What, is yeah. that right? Yeah, I started um, when I got down to L.A. I actually lied to my friends and family because I was working at the Boys and Girls Club for five years and I just needed a new life. Like I just needed to go and just see what would happen, you know, unschooled, all everything. So like I 
Yeah. I went through a lot of insecurity when I was younger, too, about not going to college. I just felt like people really looked down. You didn't go at all? No. Okay. And I felt like people really looked down on me for it. I went to a little community college, but I, like I took a body movement class and a, a class about learning how to do radio. <laughs> hey, there you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and a film class. But um, all the things that I really care about, really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, but so I, ha- I got, once I got over that insecurity, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to L.A. Like, so I said, yeah, Boys and Girls Club is just going to transfer me down there. I told that to my parents and my brother, like everybody. And they're like, wow, cool. I'm like, yeah. And I didn't even know like really L.A., L.A. that much. I just knew like I only kind of knew about Huntington Beach for some reason because a friend of mine growing up, his parents had a house there and we would go every now and again. So I was like, yeah, it's the Huntington Beach Boys and Girls Club. And this was from Seattle to yeah. L.A., right? So I just packed up a U-Haul, got a thing to tow my car behind it, this 86 uh, Volkswagen Jetta Wolfsburg edition. Hey. GLI. Um, and just uh, came down, rented an apartment day one, saw Drew Barrymore on the street. Thought this this is what it's going to be like all the time. Yeah, every right. day. Yeah. Yes. Actually, I was walking down the street and Drew Barrymore jumped out of a Toyota Tacoma that parked in a fire lane, and then Sandra O oh jumped out of the other side and came over and Drew Barrymore just laid on the sidewalk on Hollywood Boulevard and Sandra O oh was filming her for thirty seconds and they jumped back and got in the car and took off and then I looked on the sidewalk and she was lying next to her grandfather's star. Oh wow! <laughs> and, wow. and I was seriously been in L.A. for four hours. I was looking for a pizza. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so that was pretty nuts. But um, a friend of mine said, hey, there's this girl named Jane I know that moved down there. Um, I never met her, you know, but he gave me her number and I called her the day I got down there. And she's like, yeah, I'm actually having a birthday party on Sunday. This was on a Friday. So you should come. So I show up at the birthday party and five minutes into the birthday party, she's like, oh, Nick, you should meet this uh, Billy. Um, Billy uh, is a casting director for like reality shows. And uh, and he goes, yeah, I'm just starting a new show on Monday, Nanny 911. <laughs> and uh, Jane was like, you should hire Nick. He just moved here. And he was like, yeah, do you want to meet for coffee tomorrow morning, 9 a.m.? I was like, sure, show up for coffee. And he's like, I hope you're ready for a whole day of work. I already hired you. Holy <laughs> you're shit. In. And so I was a, a casting associate, which is like a PA for the casting department. Uh-huh. Two weeks later, I was in Memphis filming families. Like I was, I was sent alone to Memphis with a camera and DV tapes. And I was going into random houses and just filming shitty kids and their parents and then sending the tapes back to L.A. And then they sent me to North Carolina and then they sent me to Florida. And I was like a two-month trip. And these are just the people that wanted to get on the show. Yeah. 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 And, you know, back to L.A., back out. And then uh, once we cast the family, you know, got such a vibrant personality, the producer's like, hey, do you want to just stay on? And uh, we'll get, because the casting's done once you've cast the whole season. I suppose, yeah. He goes, so do you want to just be like story editor? Which is basically the... not a writer in reality shows, but like, so I basically went to the houses where they were filming in all these different cities and sat in, an, in like a mobile home outside of the house yeah. and watched three monitors, camera A, B, and C, and would write down like noon, camera A, mom smiled, green shirt, noon, camera B, dad farted whatever you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? just like keeping track of whatever was happening oh boy and then the producers get all those notes compiled and then they turn it into whatever the story, the story is. yeah yeah and so i did that that was really fun and then i just kept getting jobs in in production and i eventually became a production coordinator and my last job was um on ashley simpson's 21st birthday and uh <laughs> it was in vegas it was like a half hour special mtv was doing we do people remember who that is yeah I do, believe me. <laughs> Go ahead. And I don't, and I, I feel bad because I actually did this interview recently where I kind of took the piss out of her. But like, I, I really got put off 
by just LA in this experience. And it was, that, it was my last week. I was already doing stand-up and doing all the stuff. I mean, I was performing in Seattle, but I didn't know what I was doing. I was performing like poetry, open mics and stuff and telling these long-winded stories about peanut butter and jelly and how it had affected my life. And With the guitar? Yeah, yeah, yeah with the guitar. And um, the first thing I ever did on stage, I played this character named Nash Dodge. And I wore a mullet and just kept talking about spring break and, and would talk while I was playing the guitar. <laughs> it was so dumb. Um, but like, yeah, Ashley Simpson's 21st right. birthday. I mean, she, I just remember at one point sitting there, I can't, and I said to myself, I can't be on this side of the camera anymore if on the other side is somebody as untalented as that. Oh, okay, yeah. And it just made me so frustrated. Yeah. And like, it was just like, all right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm just going to collect unemployment until this thing works. And I saved up, and you know, I had no money, but I had unemployment's a great thing. You know, sometimes you don't know that, but like, it basically paid for me to live for almost a year back and forth. I would take a random thing here and there, and then I booked a Staples commercial, and that's kind of the last, you know, time I ever had to do anything besides comedy. Comedy. Or, oh, really? Yeah. 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 What was the Staples commercial? It was like a Super Bowl one or the Rose Bowl or something. It was um, one of those easy button commercials. Yeah. And I was, if you look it up, actually, it was pretty cool because I got the role and my name was, I had a name, like Steve. And usually in commercials, there aren't names, like which it's, it's such a small thing you don't think about. But my name was Steve. And the whole thing was, is we're in this messy, in this office and my desk is just a fucking pigsty. And this guy's like uh, holding the easy button and he said something, we don't have time to, I don't know what, but he hit it and the whole office immediately cleaned and I was gone. And he, and he looks over at the girl and he goes, where's Steve? That one moment of like a guy's name and then a cabinet on the other side like flies open and I'm on the, like on a shelf in this really small cabinet holding a coffee cup <laughs> and the coffee cup was actually in my car. They had all the, they had like 30 coffee cups. And I was like, you know what? Let me just go. I, you guys do whatever you want, but maybe you'll like this coffee cup. And it had a rainbow on it. And they were like, yeah, that's great. It was the f- like, most interesting one of what the art department had. <laughs> Weird. And because I held a rainbow coffee mug, it turned into a, a gay, like, oh, really? that, like, staples, not in a bad way, in a way of, like, uh, like a little kind of message of like, gay oh, pride. Like, oh, do people notice that? Hey. Yeah, yeah. No and kidding. So, like somebody wrote an article about it, and they thought it was a very delib- like like a deliberate thing. I don't remember exactly what, but it got me a little bit of attention in a weird way. Like, because at the same time, I was starting to kind of, you know, get a little more. Um, I was getting better at stand up, and I was just about to do my first set at the Improv, which is what propelled me into. Yeah, you know, Steve loves the gays. He does. <laughs> Where's Steve? <laughs> That's crazy. Well, <clears throat> have you considered getting that uh, coffee mug in the special? Ah, it's gone. It's gone? Yeah, I don't know where it is. I oh, wish I had it. That's I still have my easy button, though. Did you get one? I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a Staples. I actually went, this is what I did in the Staples, is I uh, pulled up a YouTube video of the commercial. No, you didn't. And said, listen, I mean, I know you guys have to charge me for this, but now, no, you- do, you, now do you have to charge me? I mean... <laughs> And uh, Did you they really? brought the manager over and they were like, yeah, we definitely have to charge you. Although that's pretty funny that you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not. Uh, I, they don't give me permission to make these type of decisions. You're going to have to pay for it. Uh, we're going to have to call corporate on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, you sign up for the uh, Staples credit card and we'll give you 20% off today. Right. Yeah. And a free pack of. Uh, 
I'll just paper clips with or my something. rewards cards that I keep in my wallet because I just really want more cards in my wallet. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have three of them in my wallet from casinos now, and about and two from grocery stores. Oh yeah, I don't I don't use any cards. My dad, the for the second they started doing um, cards at grocery stores, my dad would get so mad. He actually would be like, "You're telling me that I have to join your club to get a discount when I'm your customer already? Give me the discount." And he was like, I'm never going to get this card. I'm never going to get any of these cards anywhere. It's a scam. You're tracking us. Yeah. And I believe that. And I'm, I'm never going to have a CVS card or a, a Walgreens card. Right. Fuck the system. You know what I mean? Uh, has, your, has your father heard about the NSA stuff going on right now? Uh, he doesn't really care anymore. <laughs> he, he had like a lot of passion there for a few years. And now he's just kind of like, ah, whatever. Yeah. He's actually going to be staying with me in Brooklyn for the special, which is, I can't wait. Why Brooklyn, by the way? I just like... I, I love playing in New York in yeah. general. Have you lived there? Um, I've been there for like a month, you know, at a time. I'm a West Coast guy. Like yeah. I, I, I really enjoy coming to the East Coast, but I really love going back. I, I mean, I'm still like... I feel like they don't know about it, you know? <laughs> like anybody can move there. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of always nice. <laughs> it's nice here today. No, today it's great here. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's funny. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. I mean, I bet like New York, you can't beat that city. It's, uh, and I just thought it would be great. Like just all around the branding of just Brooklyn in general is like, you know, I just think it's all like a, a great thing. Oh, for sure. Hey, I, before I forget, I want to mention that, uh, Eric Allen was, uh, the feature act last night. Yeah fucking hilarious oh really funny yeah. yeah and a nice guy fun yeah. to talk to yeah i had never i i still haven't met him i've never met the guy uh, i know he used to live here he's from here but uh i wanted to make a point to say about um yeah no how he's, good he was he's great it's a great show it's nice to have an opener that is not only funny on stage and makes the show but some headliners don't want a funny opener and i'm so the opposite i want Why? somebody stronger I, than yeah me, to be honest because then the audience will be just so enjoying themselves and having fun and then it's easy. Yeah. So it makes, makes my job so much easier. Yeah. If I could get, yeah, it's great. I just played at hometown in Seattle and I had Rory open for me as a favor just cause I was like, I just really wanted a good show and I was kind of sick of like some local openers that I've been getting in different cities. And, sure. And so that just made the shows amazing, you know? Yeah. Have you worked with him before? Eric Allen, who was here? No, no, I haven't. No, no. It's first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. No, he was. Uh, I'm so I definitely recommend people go. But Rory opened for me for like a year, kind of in the beginning of his stuff, and Ron did for a long time too, because they're you know Rory lived up in he did the Seattle competition, lived up there a little bit, and you know Ron's from Portland, so I did. Uh, I read that you said something about uh, what when I read our interview with you, and it said something you made the comment about Ken Griffey Jr. and other like Seattle. You did. You didn't realize how big he was besides just Seattle? Yeah, I was a kid. And I, <laughs> I, and I, was, I just remember being like, yeah, obviously he's like a great baseball player, but no one else knows about him. <laughs> you know, we were the Mariners. I didn't think anybody cared about us. Um, but when I found out that he was famous all over the world, it definitely blew my mind. Did, uh, are you still a Mariners fan? Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You ever go to I stick by my teams. I'm a Mariner fan and I'm a Blazer fan. Been a Blazer fan my whole life. Oh, okay. Just forced on me for my dad, but passionate about it from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm actually trying to create uh, one of my next videos. Will be this campaign that I'm starting to throw a first pitch at a Mariners game, and I, I can't. You I, haven't? They haven't responded to my requests. 
They haven't done anything yet, and it just blows my mind. I went to... Uh, they had Jason Biggs throw a pitch. Is that he from Seattle? an apple pie. <laughs> yeah. Is he fr- at least from no. Seattle? No, he's not. He was just in town? I, who knows what? Who knows whose ass he kissed to do that? I don't know. And I'm not, I don't hate Jason Biggs, all right? I don't <laughs> want that to get out there. I'm just saying, <laughs> Mariners, wake up. What the hell? I've seen Nick Swartzen throw uh, first pitches out of Twins games twice. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yes. See, I, I, may, I might just not be big enough yet, you know? What the fuck? Maybe after the special. Yeah. Or maybe after the special, it'll solidify that it's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. They have your name in pencil right now, and yeah. it's either going to pen or eraser. Mm-hmm. What are the other? <laughs> That's hilarious. What, uh, I got to ask you about the guitar stuff. How did, when... What came first, telling jokes or uh, playing guitar? How how did you uh, end up well, playing guitar on stage? I had to say probably telling jokes came, not really telling jokes as a as like thinking I'm going to be a stand-up, but since I was a young kid, I, I had this thing where adults actually, I could speak with adults. Most of my friends, it's one of those things, and, and, and I'm, I'm about to have a son actually. And, oh, and, and uh, congrats! Thank you. And I want to bring my son up as a, as as um, somebody who can speak with adults as a, as a, when they're young, because most of my friends couldn't. They 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 couldn't even make eye contact with adults most of the time. Uh, I don't know why, but I was always the kid that like the, like joking with the adults, and like my dad had such a sharp kind of wit to him that I really tried to do everything my dad did. I mean, growing up, I just wanted to be. He's a, he was the type of guy that everyone you met that knew him the look in their face when they would tell me how great he is was oh. like so genuine. It's just like, that's how I want to be. I want to be the guy that people are like grabbing me and saying, your dad is the best. Seriously. Yeah. You know? And so my like, grandfather's like that. I got to yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. My grandfather was a really quiet guy, actually. Um, my dad's the quiet guy. My yeah. grandfather, my mom's dad. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I love my dad, but yeah, just, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And, and, but I picked up his wit and kind of, you know, charm, I think really early on. And so that helped me out. And uh, he was a musician. He, oh, okay. he actually played trombone in an orchestra and he sang in a choir at one point. He's a baritone. Um, then he traveled the world on a boat for five years working on a yacht. But like before that, he was like in a wedding band <laughs> and I actually wow. DJed weddings for five years too. Um, but he played bass guitar in that band. And he had this old classical guitar that he put these steel strings on because he didn't know really. He knew how to play. G and C and I wanted to, I remember like I wanted to learn a temptation song uh-huh. um, you know that song I wish it would rain yeah by the temptations yeah I just would listen to that song because I, I really love stories and like these things and the story of this guy that's heartbroken and he just he wants to go outside but you know he's crying so much he can't do it and so I wanted just to learn the riff in it you know because I thought it was such a cool riff that it starts off with and my dad taught me that riff because he, he played bass so he's like he, I watched him I remember watching him figure it out like listening and then he showed me, and then I played that riff for a year. I just played the Temptations riff. And then he taught me E and A, the two chords. And then I actually, the first comedic song I ever wrote was called EA. <laughs> and, it was, and it was just me, like, singing E and A. Yeah. <laughs> while nice. I was, while I was playing E and A. But I remember playing it for people. And I, just, I realized it was such a stupid thing that I was doing. So I, I learned, like, hey, if I sing this song, like, if I set it up, like, Hey, I, I wrote a song. Can I play it for you? And then sing a song and play two chords, and the song is about those two chords. Like, but I sing it very seriously. Right. People will think it's funny. And yeah. then I did that, and I remember like, people were like that was fu- that was good, you know. And it wasn't good because I was talented at guitar or singing, because that was another insecurity growing up. I couldn't sing. Um, 
but yeah, it was like, uh, and that's kind of what made me start thinking. And, and then I actually had this, um, my little stint in community college, I had this class called DECA. Do you remember DECA? Sounds familiar. It's like a marketing kind of class. Or okay. Um, kind of a bullshit class, actually. Most Like are. all the classes yeah. I took. Yeah. And my only job in that whole DECA class was to um, put on a uh, feeding the homeless like a sandwich feed, basically. Okay, yeah. And so I had to make this big announcement to the class like, and kind of give a speech describing what we're going to do, how we're going to do it. And so I, I like, was supposed to just like basically break down an instructional, not even like a long speech. So the night before, I decided to write a song because I hate—I actually hated sandwiches, except for peanut butter and jelly. I had an eating disability growing up, where I, I, um, I wouldn't eat anything except peanut butter and jelly or pizza or yogurt. And so I had to go to a food psychologist when I was seven, which is so weird. Holy shit! Um, but the, basically, the food psychologist just said, um, if he doesn't eat his dinner, it's his breakfast, and if he does, then he gets a toy. <laughs> so I was like collecting He-Man toys. If I could take the dinner down, but I mostly couldn't. So mostly it was like me just sleeping depressed all night Holy knowing what shit. my breakfast was going to be was the shitty chicken and broccoli or whatever. <laughs> oh my God. And so I like, I hated mayo, mustard, all that stuff. So I, um, wrote this five minute story about why I'm passionate about peanut butter and why the sandwich feed is just going to be peanut butter. We're not doing Turkey. We're not doing anything. We're doing <laughs> peanut butter. And so I, I was like, I basically said everything. I brought my guitar. I, I don't know why I was like, yeah, I'll just kind of strum the guitar and, tell the story and and i had uh, martin mole was a really big kind of influence for me oh yeah and my dad used to play his record all the time my dad and, loves martin mole oh yeah, yeah. Oh. and he uh i remember my dad would play his records and between the songs were my favorite time because I, I wasn't really into the bluegrass at that age but i would hear him just like kind of playing licks and talking between the songs as yeah. the band's transitioning yeah and i was just like that's great that's fun to listen to and so i was like i'll just play the guitar and tell the story about peanut butter and how I got gum stuck in my hair and came home from school and my mom tried to take it out with ice and it just made it harder and she was about to cut the hair out with scissors until my dad came home and he threw the scissors out the window basically window was shut actually <laughs> and uh, that was like that was actually one of the first jokes that, that he threw the scissors out the window by the way window was shut <laughs> and, and then uh and uh he grabbed the peanut butter out and you know my mom had actually had slapped him and ran out the door and he got the gum out and then he chased her down and, and they actually redid their vows. Um, it's all a fake story. Yeah. I made this whole story yeah. of, like, of like redoing vows and stuff and like that was the end of the story. And I was like, so guys, I think we all know now that we're just going to be doing peanut butter. I don't know what else I need to say. It's pretty self-explanatory. It's this Saturday, 8 a.m. <laughs> and walked off and the teacher's like, all right, well... That was fucking weird. So what you guys really needed to know are these details. And right, right. The, the details. Oh, boy. Um, but I took that song the next week. I started playing it at open mics, like just like at poetry open mics or at a coffee shop and um, played that song maybe for a year. <laughs> and then I would sometimes do a cover of Enrique Iglesias' Hero um, in a very serious kind of tone. Yeah. And then I started a cover band. We called ourselves No Ablos. And we just played like Enrique Iglesias songs and... Um, like, like American, like Ricky Martin, you know, like, like Spanish guys that are making like American music, you know, <laughs> why I just thought it was funny. <laughs> and then my dad would come and play trombone with us sometimes too. No shit. Yeah. Did you ever do, uh, <clears throat> what was, uh, when we were kids, what was the, um, Rico Suave. Suave. We never did that song. I, I can't believe we didn't do that song. Yeah. 
Her- Geraldo. Yeah. Geraldo. Yeah. Geraldo. Yeah. When I, what, I don't know. That, yeah, Rico Suave. Yeah. That, I remember just thinking that guy's name was Rico Suave. Oh, everyone thought his name mm-hmm. was Rico. <laughs> There's like a lot of talking in it. Yeah, yeah. What? Awful. Ridiculous song. Awful. Do you ever write uh do you ever write songs that are that are, you know, like a classic songwriter, like uh that are there's no humor, you know, like uh, I gotta gotta get something off my chest. I'm uh uh, Do you have any dreams of being a rock star? I other wrote than a song. I wrote two. Uh, I wrote a, a verse and a chorus to the song, and then uh, Kate McCucci, you know Kate. Oh yeah, uh, came over. Garfunkel notes. Yeah. Yes, and she came over, and then she helped me kind of rewrite it a little bit, and then we kind of turned it into this duet. Um, and I would, I, I think it's like really sweet and serious, um, but I guess there's a comedic factor because of what the duet, the duets between. It, the song's called Alarm Clock, and it's a duet between me and my alarm. Okay, but it's like very sincere. I'll play it if you want. I don't know if you guys want to actually play something. Sure, sure. Right. Yeah. Hey, while you're uh, while you're getting that ready, I will tell you that <clears throat> one of your videos I watched today online was the uh, what is it called? Just a tip. Oh, yeah. On parking meters, mm-hmm. which came in handy here when I, uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. send your credit card in. <laughs> Does that come through sound-wise? Yeah? I might not remember all the lyrics, but... Um. Let me just... There we go. Every morning I wake up, I think of you Every morning you wake up, you're just looking right at me You're my alarm clock You're keeping me responsible You're so close, you're just an arm's length away Your voice is the start of my day Okay I'll listen what you have to say Beep, 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 beep Beep, 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 Yeah. Beep, 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 beep. I love you. Every night before I go to sleep, I set you beneath the moon and the starlight. I'm sleeping next to you. You're my alarm clock. You're keeping me responsible I'm safe in the glow of your nightlight I'll be sure that you're gonna sleep right and tight I'll listen what you have to say Beep, 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 beep Snooze <laughs> Nice! <laughs> I love it But realistically, as a comedian, how often do you set an alarm clock? Oh, uh, no, are you kidding me? Every <laughs> night, three of them, because I've got to wake up to do a radio. Or and I'm also not a guy that sleeps in. Oh, you're not. I'm kind of an adult. <laughs> Come on. No, I, I, people that sleep in, I, I actually have zero respect for it. No, I, I, I wish I could. I remember growing up, like I had friends that could sleep till 10 a.m. This is like in junior high and elementary school. Mm-hmm. We had sleepovers. I woke up at seven on the dot every morning. It was at like, sleepovers. Can we start playing? What are we doing here? You guys are sleeping? What's happening? What are you hanging out with, having coffee with mom and dad yeah. while you're friends? But that's seriously, that's where I would like, oh, I, I would bet, go huh? up and be around the adults. And then, yeah, I would, you know, they would make me French toast because I wouldn't eat eggs because I had a really big eating problem. 
Yeah, well, obviously. So, what age were people calling you an old soul? I bet that was happening. You know that. I don't remember, but I just remember like moms just used to like look at me with this look of like, God, you're just so. I don't know what it is. <laughs> you know, like a. But I think it was just my. Honestly, it was my dad. Everything that he did, I picked up on. You yeah. Know? What did he do for a living? Well, he like traveled around the world actually, working on this yacht. As, oh like, yeah, you a, said that. But, as like a deckhand for this like really rich guy with his buddy. Um, he just got the job. Like his buddy got a job, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to work on a boat." And my dad's like, "Ah, okay." So he went and read a book. He never cooked anything, and went the next day and interviewed for the chef job. And they were like, "Sure, you're hired." And then he just started like a five year trek of like, he's got stories of like you know like clamming underwater and uh turning around to see his buddy who didn't know there was like a nine foot nurse shark holy shit behind him or being in a rowboat coming from the land to the boat and hammerhead shark hitting the top of the boat my dad hitting it with a with an oar holy crap you know just like all these he actually got a cannon backfired into his face at this one place he played tap he was playing taps at this dock at nighttime and uh where they were like stationed for like a month or something and he took the job of playing taps and lighting a cannon every other three days with this other guy. And so uh, the guy had like, they ran out of fuses and the guy had set the fuse for my dad. He just set a gunpowder fuse and my dad lit it and the cannon backfired into his face. He had to get a, you know, helicoptered to a hospital and have total like facial work done and pulling like, I don't know, charcoal or whatever that would be that would be in a cannon, like pulling it out of his eye. He still has like, like small little pecks of like, you know, charcoal in there wow still a very handsome man <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah holy crap so who else in your family scam jobs by lying with their experience <laughs> you know nobody i'm actually like the only kind of self-made guy in my family like my it's so funny like i and especially now that i'm becoming a parent i am thinking about it more about how i was parented and i was parented on a full different level than all of my siblings how old are they? Younger, older? My sister's a year younger than me, and my brothers are five years younger than me. And, uh, like, just for example, when I was 15, my dad made me get a job. I worked at McDonald's, and yeah. I worked at a grocery store. Yeah. When I was 16, I bought my own car, because my dad said, save up your money, put a down payment down. And he works in the car business now. He oh, works okay. for a warranty company. Um, so I bought a car, got it, my, paid for my first apartment, like, and none of other my siblings. My sister was, my, a year younger than me, my sister was given a Honda Accord. And I, a little different. I just, yeah. And I just remember like watching it, like my brothers getting a forerunner when they're 16. Like, and I bought this really crappy Jetta, you know? Yeah. And Not they didn't have jobs, I'm guessing? Nope. Yeah. No, they, they got a job at, like Fat Burger, and my sister had a job at um, Taco Time, actually. She, my sister is very responsible. She had a job. She's a teacher. Okay. My, 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 uh, my other brothers are twins. One of them's a cop, and the other one's a student still. Yeah. <laughs> a student? Okay. Yeah, he's 28. Yeah. But he's finally got back to school. He made the dean's list. Hey, yeah, proud of him. Congrats, um, little brother Thune. Yeah, but yeah, there. You know, I was just from the beginning on my own path of, uh, you know. Yeah, I'd say so. They all went to college. I didn't. You know, very weird. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Uh. Wow. That's uh. What uh, do you remember? Do you remember the first time you were on television? Yeah, actually. I won Hometown Hero in Redmond, Washington. What is that? So I was working at the Boys and Girls Club, and um, they just had this thing we were doing once a year. They'd give out a thing called Hometown Hero, and you go into grocery stores, and there would be like a cutout, cardboard cutout of the Hometown Hero. And uh, 
And some family, like not from the Boys and Girls Club, nominated me to be the hometown hero. And I won the award and I like got to go on local news and like accept this thing. And it was pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Really? So that was my first time on TV. And then I went on TV one other time in Seattle for something. I forget what, though. Yeah. But not like, you know, being a comedian or anything. Yeah. But Boys not and girls, Boys and Girls Club related. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. I created a program for the Boys and Girls Club called Rake and Run. And it, cause all these high school kids needed to do community service hours. And I was like, well, I had, I needed like kids to come into my teen center. So I would post this thing like community service hours, show up Saturday, 8am. I'll give you 12 hours if you make it 12 hours. And they needed 20. So I was like, yeah, I can knock this out half of it over the half right, of right. the day. And basically they all showed up at the boys and girls club, I had five boys and girls club vans through all these high school kids into them, had a ton of, ra- oh yeah, was br- you had to bring your own rake. So they had all their rakes, and I just had a ton of garbage bags, and we just started driving in the fall of, you know, in Seattle in the fall. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. So we just started driving in neighborhoods, pull up to a house, just rake up the whole yard, bag it, and then just put a note, this is a random act of kindness from the Boys and Girls Club. Oh, and then, cool. But the, the thing of it was quickness, like, because you had to make everything a game, I think for everybody, you know, well, for people yeah. to enjoy anything. Yeah. So it was just like, listen. This is a serious job. You get out of you run out. We rake it as quick as we can. You run back in. I want the car running and in drive actually yeah. while people are still getting into it. And so it was like turned into like this speed thing, and it was really fun. And then we submitted it as a national program, and it got picked up. And I, I did like a little news because halfway through that day, the news found out that this thing was happening. So all of a sudden, this news truck just shows up. <laughs> and they're like, "Who did? Who's doing this? Who? Why?" <laughs> you wow, know, you're making you're making news. That's pretty but cool. That, you know, it was. Ideas like that, though, that was what when I started to realize I want to do comedy, it was like these kind of out, not like anybody could have thought of that, but you know, it was fun. I I was doing open mics once a week, and this was also kind of creating my stand up voice. Um, But I would uh, do a two hour open mic at a Starbucks in in Redmond, Washington. And um, if the teenagers weren't on stage, I was on stage. That was the rule. I'm on stage if no one else is on stage. Not to like. Show, and I was doing stupid stuff like the Peanut Butter Song or the right, Hero. Right. And they, by the way, the Peanut Butter Song was legendary. Like kids would come in and request it. Can you do the Peanut Butter Song? And uh, is it still out there somewhere? Could people I find that? I actually have a. Uh, I just found the other day. A, there was like this thing they're doing like a live stream from um, the Laugh Factory to kids in like with cancer in hospital. Mm. You know. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, "Do you want to come in and do something?" And I was like, "Yeah, this sounds like the Peanut Butter Jelly Song." perfect yeah and so i I like re-listened to it and kind of relearned it and went in and did it and it was oh that's awesome yeah oh that's really cool yeah there's more of a singy part to it too which i don't do as much anymore but yeah yeah. uh i'm curious about uh when's the kid due november 1st november 1st Mm -hmm. and this is the first one first kid yeah how long have you been married Five years, yeah. a little over five years now. Yeah. It's time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's time. Time to grow. To- up. No, totally time. <laughs> I, I, it just feels good to finally, like, finally had to stop thinking about myself. You know, like that's one of the most exciting things for me. Like, that doesn't scare you? No, no. It, 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 it was the biggest relief. Like, I have something more to care about. Yeah. Not like I didn't care about my wife because I totally, well, kind of do. No. <laughs> really, really care about her. But you know how it is, like. I finally have something to motivate me to not be a narcissistic asshole, which <laughs> I'm, I don't think I am, okay. but it happens Sure, in this business, especially it just, you slowly start turning down that path and it, you know, it can be yeah. really tough. Do you think you'll work less? No. More? Not, not I, change? I think I'll be the same. I think I might, I might be changing this, my work like 
this i mean i've been on the road almost every weekend this year and the past year almost um that's not gonna happen yeah less shows um definitely yeah i mean i'm looking you know right now right now i'm setting up like the production company and i just actually just got here from filming a pilot in orlando a tv pilot for the past uh five days before i got here can you say anything about that it's actually pretty um, tied down. Okay. Um, so there was a press release about it yesterday, and somebody got maybe fired because of it. <gasps> okay. <All laughs> it's, right. it's very, uh, I can say Ron Howard's producing it. Oh. Which is pretty cool. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to hang out with him a little bit. No kidding. Yeah. It was really neat, actually. Holy shit. me about like Apollo 13 and, and the amount of time that they actually spent in like weightless atmosphere um, training for it. He went up with them, and I guess like, he was like, yeah, Tom, uh, like Tom Hanks. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, Tom Hanks. Uh, <laughs> I actually did some research and found out that we spent more time in zero gravity space than the first person that went to space. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, it was pretty neat. Can I guess, are they bringing um, Willow to television? No, but one of the actors on the show is obsessed with Willow. And she, that's all she could talk about was Willow and asking him questions about it. Yeah. I am too. I don't He's the nicest him. guy. I could not believe it. I mean, just so sweet. Like, and you just don't realize how much of an icon that guy is. I mean, he is, it's insane. Are you I, watched, have you watched the Arrested Development? Do you like? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I loved it. On yeah. Netflix, you watched, mm-hmm. you watched them all? I should watch it twice because I wanted to, um, I watched it like once kind of spread apart over a week. And I was like, I want to watch it. Like, I was in some city. I was in Cleveland or something. I was like, you know, I'm just going to watch it two days or one day, however quick I can do it. Yeah. To really grasp it. And the second time through, it was like, wow. So creative. So many minds put together. Yeah. And they, I, I've been reading, because I've only got through like the first three or four, but I guess it kind of more t- ties. Things make more sense. Yeah. Things are a little funnier. If yeah. You watch it again or. Yeah. There's a lot of, I mean, well, the way that it was shot, they each, each episode is based off one one guy. character and that's yeah. because of financially they couldn't afford to have everybody in every episode so they they basically had to build a show around their constraints that you know that they had financially and and i think it turned into more of a creative really cool yeah you know yeah oh that's right i didn't even know that that's really neat so then and then it even goes down to like um they couldn't be in any of all the other episodes longer than 90 seconds and if they were then they got paid an extra 25 grand or something uh, there was like all these crazy like contract things. So, oh like, wow! So you went. That's why they're like you know there's stuff happening in the background that pays off six episodes later if you're not paying attention. Yeah, yeah. And that's because they probably couldn't get that guy to be there or whoever because of money. So they just had some stand-in with their back to the camera, and then that re- starts to tell the story. Isn't that amazing? Like you know, we just started talking about this because of Ron Howard. Ron Howard has to be involved with a show where you know. With these constraints. I mean, it's pretty yeah. amazing. A dude that did, you know, like you said, Apollo 13. Well, the one that we're doing right now is a lot of constraints, too. And, I mean, the fact that he was in Orlando, he's, like, making a movie in England right now. He came here for four days. It was just, it was so cool. It was so fun. So what else? We are running out of time. You got something you need to get to. What oh, yeah. uh, What else should people, obviously, this uh, special is going to be out. You'll have that ready at some point later this year. Anything yeah. else? Any other movies you're going to be in? Um well, that Johnson movie. I'm, I'm, I've been doing this, um, this the, live talk show for the past year and a half at, at Upright Citizens Brigade in L.A. called Nick's Big Talk Show. Yeah. And uh, it's got Kyle Mooney and James Pumphrey and Kate Berlant, that girl I was telling you about earlier. Yep. These are all like people that I just am so honored to work with. I think they're all so brilliant. And um, Nick Wagner, um, 
is my co-host, and ba- it's basically like a you know a, a Larry Sanders. It's a live show, but the the TV version of it's a little different. But it's um, I made this web series called Nick's Big Show yep. years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a little bit like the next thing after that. Oh, okay. It's me trying to have my own talk show, you know, and it, the whole mentality is like. I just realized, like, no one has to invite you to have a talk show. You can just start one. Yeah. And you just go pick a venue and you do it. <laughs> and and uh, so I started doing it, you know. It's like, but it's like it, the TV version will be like, a, like a, a Larry Sanders show based in a public access scenario. Um, you know, kind of like, you know, it's like six different shows mixed together. Yeah, yeah. But I, we've, we've got kind of an original take and it's cool. And that's pe- some people are going to be able to see that. Uh, um, well, Joel McHale just signed on to produce it, um, and now we're taking it out and shopping it. Oh, cool! Which is pretty cool. Yeah, cool. Uh, love Joel. How about that uh, uh, burning love? Yeah, yeah. That was really fun to do. Oh my god, that's one of the most fun things I've ever worked on because you basically we would shoot like two a day and uh, or you know it was like over the week different weekends. But basically showing up and hanging out with if you if you were to like look at the cast of the ones that I was in, imagine just all of us in a waiting room hanging out. We're all friends already Mm -hmm. and just hang for 12 hour days. Just okay, Nick, they need you now. And I'd walk, you know, I walk out now. We need Nick Kroll. Michael, Sarah, please come down. And it was just like we just got to hang out in a room. How freaking cool. And We were watching uh, Gigolos. Remember that show? Have you seen that show? It's on. I think it's Showtime. It's called Gigolos. And it's about these. Gigolos in Las Vegas. Oh, uh, uh, yes. I've heard Tom Segura talk to one of the guys off that show on his oh, podcast. Yeah, this guy Brace probably. That's him. Yeah. Yes. And so um, we basically were just watching that show <laughs> over that's and the, over yes, and that's over the guy. and just dying with laughter. <laughs> the, I feel bad though because then like the makeup girls would come in and need somebody and... and uh, <laughs> there'd be like some dude having sex with a chick on the bed and there's just all of us guys like... Cool, maybe a couple minutes. Uh, Brace just jerked off because he's trying to, uh, you know, he wants to keep his seed. <laughs> and then they cut to a shot of Brace jerking off in right. the mirror. Oh, no. He's looking at himself in the mirror. No, 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 no. Yeah. No. See, I've never seen the show. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, no. Please watch it. I've only, I've only heard. <coughs> and I hear that guy's a big fan of himself. Oh, they all, I mean, yeah. No. Aren't we all big fans of ourselves? <laughs> yeah, but I don't jerk off in front of mirrors. You'll get there someday. I think so. All right, you got somewhere to be. Great. I don't have anywhere to be, but you do. That's that was uh, that went. I think that went well, right? I think that went well. I think okay. we're done, Good. Nick. Uh, I think we're still recording. Hi. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Say, uh, where can people see you on uh, online? NickThune dot com. NickThune dot com um, at NickThune. I'm basically just the NickThune online. That's all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> also, Google. Nick Thune home run. Yeah, Google Nick Thune home run. Which I did. You did? Yes. Pretty good, huh? <laughs> I didn't see the ball land, so I don't know what to believe. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. Big time. Thank you. <laughs>